and welcome to the Classified Cheat Codes Podcast, your source for the newest news in gaming. I am one of your hosts, Josiah, from Caterpillar Mom Plays. And I'm your other host, Hill House, from the Big Love Club. And it's, it's, it's actually kind of funny. I guess I could start saying that I'm from the Big Love Club, too, because I'm <laughs> part of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's only taken me about six months to realize that that sounds awkward. Um, I mean, I don't want to say Hill House Gaming, you know? <laughs> Right. <laughs> Stupid. This is Hill House from Hill House Gaming. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about me. I should be like, and I'm Josiah from Josiah Trademark. <laughs> <laughs> it's just share, basically, but as exactly. a brand. <laughs> but welcome back. Um, we uh, took a week off, but uh, we're back with more uh, gaming news talk. And the more I've thought about um, this show, the more I've thought about how. We really are more of a uh, gaming commentary, you know? Basically. Yeah, we're more of a gaming commentary <laughs> show than we are a gaming news show. Because we talk about news, but we really only talk about the news that we care about and news that like we want to like rant about. Um, if there's a lawsuit, we're all over it. Um, <laughs> uh, that being said, um, there is some pretty scandalous stuff in this episode. So uh, look forward to that in the news. But I actually do have good news to report that I do finally have some games that I played this week. So if you're new to the show, we always start off talking about games that we played like recently. Uh, sometimes it's it's usually games that we played since the last episode, but usually um, there's something that we forgot that we played. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have been talking for over two months about playing Blink's Time Sweeper on Game Pass. Yeah. Uh, it's an original Xbox game. And I was excited that it was finally added to Game Pass. Um, I really was hoping for a remaster, but we didn't get that. Um, but I could finally play that game again, and I was really excited about it. And I did finally play it, and I have to say that I'm I'm disappointed. Um, the mechanics... Really? Yeah, the mechanics are cool, and I like the idea of it, and I like platformers, and I like mascot character games from the early 2000s. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It it has a very game sin that is hard to look past when you're playing a retro title. So there's a lot of retro games like Crash Bandicoot and stuff that still play super well and they are so comfortable to pick up and start playing. But there are games like old Resident Evil games where the tank controls are really hard to look past in 2021 and it's like as much as this is a classic game, it there are mechanics that make this unplayable, you know. Um, in Blink's Time Sweeper, there was a fixed camera, and with very tight areas, it is very annoying. And as much as I want to like and enjoy playing the game, I just am constantly getting slightly frustrated with the fact that I don't have a free camera. And I yeah. understand that back in the day, if you had a free camera, that means you had to animate so much more. Uh, you'd have to animate the ability for the camera to go through the wall and not show the wall, stuff like that. Um, but it is, it is notorious. Just, just booting up the game, uh, the first level has immediately issues with the fact that you need to be looking for items around a corner, but you can't get the right camera view if you don't approach the area from the right like figure eight pattern of walking to make the camera follow you. <laughs> it's, 
it's just one of those things where it's just disappointing. And yeah. as much as I do like a lot about the game, and I probably will still try to pick it up and like look past that. A remaster with a free camera would have been amazing. And I really hope that they still do that. If they could remaster this game and just fix the camera, it'd be so much more playable. And I hope Microsoft hears that. I'm sure I might tweet them about that because it's just, this is a classic character <laughs> from Xbox history. And it's a classic title. And it's awesome that it's in Game Pass. But the freaking camera, like, I'm so like, it's it's not even really frustrated. It's just like, disappointed because maybe i hyped it up too much but it's just like if it had a free camera i i would be able to play it and right now it's more of like do i really want to struggle through the game to find enjoyment out of it and the answer is no there's other games that are much easier to play and um one of them I started playing today. It was called Tools Up. It's not in Game Pass, which is surprising because it feels like a game that has been in Game Pass. It plays a lot like um, Moving Out, which was a game that was in Game Pass from the makers of uh, Overcooked. It's a top-down couch co-op game where you go room to room. Where with Moving Out, it was a Moving Out is still a really cool game. If you haven't played Moving Out, Moving Out's really fun. Uh, moving out, you collect items and throw it in a moving truck. So you're like a moving company. It's really fun. It's crazy. And you try to just basically do it as fast as possible. And there's like little challenges about not breaking stuff or things like that. It's a very well-designed game from front from beginning to end. Um, this is not as sharp as like moving out or overcooked. There are some issues with tools up. Is that really what it's called? Tools up. I think it's. I think that's what it's called. Um, but this game is about home renovating, which is just a little different twist than moving out. Yeah. In this case, mm. when you go into rooms, you have to look at a blueprint, and you take the blueprint, and you try to copy what you need to do, which is either replacing the floors, which would be like putting down, uh, like repairing the floor, and then putting down carpet, or then putting up uh, glue and putting up wallpaper, or painting the walls. Stuff like that, you got to match it to it. It's a pretty cool couch co-op game, which I just was playing today, actually, like minutes ago. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. It's a, it's a pretty cool game. It's pretty fun. It's pretty fast to get the hang of. It's just there are some like um, issues with like <laughs> that. I find there's an action which is pressing A on Xbox at least to uh, grab an item, and then you press A again to drop the item. It is the most temperamental function of the entire game. And that's kind of a problem when you have to use it so much. So um, it's like there are little things that could have done, a lo- could have gotten like a little tuning up. But I'm very surprised I never had heard of this game up until today um, because it was made in like 2019 and it's got a very similar style to other games I've played. So I was surprised I never heard of the game. It's pretty good. Um, <laughs> Once again, it's more playable than Blinks, but like, I don't know. I just want to remaster Blinks. Uh, the only other game that I played uh, that was also in Game Pass was Cardo, and this game has been there a long time, and I've, I think I've downloaded it a couple times and never actually did play it. I decided to start uh, cloud gaming on this game because it was very fast to boot because it's a small game, so like literally yep. on break at work, I can just 
uh, booted up in like half a minute. And then I can just play like a level really fast. Like you can finish levels in um, 10 to 15 minutes. It's really not that long. And this game's, yeah, it's, it's a really cool like indie style game. And the funny part is it's made by Humble Games. And I've enjoyed every game that I've ever seen that title pop up on. And as much as I was not the target audience of Humble Bumble or whatever it was called that gave you subscriptions for games and stuff for PC, I was not the target audience because I don't PC game that much. I've enjoyed every original game that they've picked up as an indie developer or help fund. They're all very unique um, style or the type of mechanics that the game works on. And if you're tired of third-party games having the same features and not taking any risks, I mean, look up some of the games this company has funded. Um, I think one of them was Forager. I really enjoyed Forager. It was a really fun game. It's also in Game Pass. Uh, but this game, its its function is you collect little pieces of paper, and they're pieces of a map. And then when you get that piece of paper, you can add that piece of the map to the map that you're able to explore. And you can move around the map in squares. And when you move it around, you can create like, um, basically it's like a puzzle game. If you move certain things with each other, it might reveal something else. Like someone will tell you something like, um, I'm missing my sister or something. She was last seen between... Somewhere in like the deep forest. So to do that, you would have to like get four pieces of forest and make sure they're all like butting ends together and then it'll create another piece that has that person on it. So like it's a really cool uh, exploration type um, kind of indie art style game mixed with a puzzle game mixed with a really cool mechanic of moving the world that you're moving around in. as a mechanic and i've only played like two full um chapters of it and i know there's quite a bit i probably am not even 20 percent through the game i think there's over 10 uh chapters um but that being said um the fact that you can move around the area that you're able to explore not only is to like unlock puzzles but it can help you navigate too because you can move the piece that you're on so if there's like no way to get around something, you can literally grab the piece of land that you're on and then like put it up on top of something else and flip it around and then voila, you're there. It's a really crazy kind of mm. mind-bending type of uh, function <laughs> to explore a game. Yeah, but I, yeah. I think it's really refreshing in the... It, it's not overly puzzly. So if like you have played other puzzle games and feel like there's too much puzzle... It's kind of like a puzzle game meets like, you know, old Zelda games in that sense of there is enough exploration and talking to characters to satisfy that part of the game. But the puzzle side is unique enough to like merit its own existence. So I think it's a really cool game. I think it's the best game that I've played uh, since uh, 12 minutes. I really enjoyed 12 minutes, but it's the best game that I've played since the last time we had a show. It's it's a pretty cool game. I, I don't know how long it's going to still be in Game Pass because it's been in there a long time. 
Um, so I would check it out before it like is in a couple of months on that leaving soon list. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's called Cardo. I'm sure it's a very quick game. It's probably only like two or three hours because I've barely played any of it. As I said, I just play it in little small snippets. But I just thought it would be an easy game to play on cloud gaming through Game Pass. And it is. I've had no trouble with it. It's really fast to boot. It's a very simple game. And I think it's like one of those games that you can advertise cloud gaming with that makes sense. You know, like no one wants to play Call of Duty and complain about lag or something. (laughs) through a cloud gaming but like something like this makes a lot of sense for that it's just something that works on any size screen stuff like that but yeah that's all i played this week did you play anything new not really um kind of the same old thing um but i'm getting back into a couple of different games of getting back into destiny 2 uh they have a new update which is actually really cool i uh played the intro by myself took me a little time to get through it uh but it was a lot of fun um, played actually below the level that's required too, so it was kind of a little bit of a, I had to strategize and take my time, but uh, you know just other stuff that I'm getting back into. Uh, playing a lot of ranked Split Gate, going to be playing some Left 4 Dead too, but yeah, just getting into some uh, retro games. I'm going to be playing with the PlayStation Classic here down the road, so yeah, that kind of thing. That's about it. Waiting for New World. <laughs> yeah um yeah i'm i'm pretty excited about a bunch of games coming out there's a bunch of good stuff coming out i did i didn't mention this but i did start playing the first psychonauts game so that oh, cool, maybe cool, i would cool. not be as of a uh what's it a, someone that's just, just jumping on the psychonauts bandwagon by playing the second one first uh, i am trying to play the first one so i have played i think a little bit of the first level and I enjoy I enjoy the writing and the world building so far. It's uh, very clever, very early two thousands, and it's doing what blinks the time sweeper couldn't, in the sense that I am not distracted by signs of the times, design of games. You know, it feels like it could be remastered, and you wouldn't even know. You know, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But we can head on to a couple of our big stories. I think we both have a few things to talk about. And, uh, yep. Let's just hit them with the news. Oh, yeah, it's time for the news, bitch. Okay, so my first story is crazy and... After reviewing a little information, I realized that there's a lot more to the story than I had ready to talk about. Um, When I had first read about this story, there was very little information, and apparently a lot more has been popping up day after day. So hopefully I can compile a lot of that and talk more about it next week. But I'm going to just mention (laughs) um, a little bit of it. There's a guy named Mark Haspel, who is a co-founder of wada grading and if you're not familiar with them it's a grading company that grades uh retro video games and they have a very close tie with heritage auctions which if you don't know them we did talk about them earlier on this year i think we were talking about them with uh, Uh, not only uh, a super mario mario 64 i believe yeah but i think they also were i think heritage also did the the Nintendo PlayStation prototype yes. that was being auctioned too. 
So we have talked about heritage auctions before. So they're a major B-like name in auctions online. Uh, that's you know considered not eBay. <laughs> and water grading is like the uh, they're they're the up and coming company. What's so funny is they are considered the standard, like, basically in they're game. They're considered grading. the standard, but it is yeah. such a an explosion of. A scene. I was reading a lot about this when I was researching some of this story. Was that uh, collecting um, graded retro games is such a exploding industry right now that mm-hmm. even though Water Grading is a very new company, it is already considered the standard and it's already like a household name within people that are you know trading and auctioning within the scene of retro games that they're so young and they're already considered legit. And the fact that they're young and no one has really researched into them much may be leading to a lot of issues with the company. Um, there's been... Well, it's that whole integrity in their grading. I think that's what brings them to the forefront right now. Right. And the integrity <laughs> problem, let's, let's explain that. So it came out that one of the co-founders, Mark Haspel, um, was selling um, 74 Atari games for over $40,000 on eBay. And, of course, that's just Atari. I'm sure he had many other games uh, from other systems. And you may be like, well, anyone can sell on eBay. But the problem is, if you're a co-founder, have connections with a official grading company that basically sets the value of what you're selling... That's a huge conflict of interest. Um, and did he perhaps grade them himself? Right. Um, <laughs> so that comes to question. There comes to question a lot of stuff. So if someone has like seized his stash or something, or yes. if someone has already purchased from him and they've like turned in what they purchased from him to the police or something, I would be not too surprised to find out if some of these games were fakes. Like, I'm not even saying, like... So, like, there's the idea that... I think what a lot of people are thinking is he's getting video games. And he could be trying to basically cheat the system and Uh get a game that's, like... Let's say if they have a 10-point grading system. I really don't know what they have. Let's say if he goes to, like, you know... It's basically a 10-point. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing as with comic books and with uh, cards. Grading cards, yeah. You know, and it, you have the, you know, if you have the, uh, uh, you have near mint, mint, you know, mm-hmm. perfect, all that crap, all the way down to poor. So, yeah, you probably have a pretty high or pretty diverse grading system, I would imagine. Right. And I think a lot of people are thinking that he's going to, like, resell shops that, like, yeah. you or me could go to. And he's getting, like, clearly two out of tens, and he's grading them as, like, an 8.6 or a 9.7. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah, trying yeah. to sell them for thousands of dollars. To me, that sounds like a lot of work. I would be more interested if he is creating fake games or buying fake ones from, like, China or something and just doing enough work to them to make them pass as an official game and a new one would look very mint. <laughs> then well, you don't have to clean up a, a damaged game. You get what I'm saying? What I think is probably more probable and what we're probably going to find out is that he uh, lowballed a shit ton of people 
and uh, let them believe that their game was a low grade, got them at a very low price, and put them up for the actual grade, and right. you know, scammed the system. Uh, that's another. That's another very possible thing. I think that's what we're going to find out, and that later on we're probably going to find out that they have a long history of doing this, which is going to take water grading. You know. That uh, sound you hear is their spiraling <laughs> flush of their careers. And it's yeah. just, yeah, I, I think it's just going to be a whole, it could be a whole bunch of things, but it is going to be anybody who's in this deep for 40K on eBay has probably already done some pretty bad stuff. Right. And the, the other big story that I saw was that that historical sale of the most expensive game ever sold of the Super Mario game way back in the spring. Uh-huh. The buyer was also one of the co-founders of the same company. <laughs> yep. So yep. that's also an issue uh, because <sighs> you don't know if they ever actually paid the amount. And maybe he just wanted to get into Guinness Books. Maybe they lowballed. Maybe it was actually worth more, which is crazy. I would doubt that. Well, it just it just feels a little, you know, ethically cringy. You know what I mean? It just right. doesn't feel right. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of the CSGO uh, gambling sites. Yeah. That yeah. the founders were on YouTube making videos, acting like they were winning tons of money when uh, <laughs> they were not disclosing facts that they were actually like, Capable of rigging their loot pools because <laughs> they're acting yeah. like they were winning so much and that it was such a lucrative thing to like, I forget what it was. Was it? it they was, acted like the it payout was, gambling, was way right? bigger than what it yeah, normally was. Yeah, it was basically was. gambling for weapons and stuff. Yeah, it ended up being it ended up being gambling that they thought was perfectly legal. And that's where a lot of that, uh, that whole problem too with the, um, the, uh, what was it? the United States government coming after people about loot boxes, right? Saying that it was actually gambling that they were pandering to kids. Right. You know? So, yeah. Which is one thing. It's worse, though, to... And they were blatantly doing it, though. Right. Those guys were blatantly selling gambling to kids and, you know, trying to get tons of money that way. And saying, oh, yeah, it's a great payout. You're going to get all this shit. And when in reality, it was RNG and you were paying through the butt. Yeah. And they would get celebrities to yeah. advertise it too, and they would make sure those celebrities <laughs> had really good payouts too. Yes. Um, yeah. But yeah, that that was they had a similar response to what this guy, this Mark Haspel, had. Um, it reminded me. That's what made me think about it. Uh, those CSGO gambling guys were saying things like, "Oh, it was never a secret that we were in charge of this." We were presidents of this gambling company. It was never a secret because it was in like all of the papers about it. But there's a difference between never mentioning it because like yeah. it'd be pretty crazy to make hundreds of YouTube videos and not mention the fact that you own the company that you're gambling on. But they were saying that they were not lying because they never said they weren't that. <laughs> in the yeah, same exactly. sense, this guy Mark Haspel was saying in interviews that he had never told anyone he wasn't the president of he wasn't a co-founder of water grading yeah, which is it's the, the it's like the, come it on, never man. came up defense <laughs> is what it is it's the it yeah. never came up defense and it's so stupid because right. it, it, it bottom line it's an ethical and integrity issue and he they these people know that 
these people that do this shit, they know that they're used car salesmen and they're snake oilsmen, and that's really all they are. They're a bunch yeah. of scam artists. So he'll he'll get he's going to get what's coming to him. But I'm really interested to see what happens with it, you know, and to how deep it actually goes. Because, like you said, there are other co-founders who were involved with purchases and stuff. So right. yeah, I think a lot of nasty crap's going to come out. It's going to be a cool little uh, cool little soap opera gaming drama thing to watch. Yeah, but the lesson we have learned, though, from this is that if you ever do buy anything graded online, you have to legally ask the seller if they are co-founders, presidents, or have uh, any connection to a (laughs) grading company. That way, if they come out and say that it was never brought (laughs) up, you could be like, well, I just out of nowhere asked them when I was purchasing. (laughs) You want to get you want to you want to say with confidence, hey. Look what I just bought. This is amazing. Instead of what the fuck did I do? Get oh it? God. See what I did there? Got it. Yeah. Good job. Okay. Um, let me see. I'm I'm pretty no, upset no about one, one of these. Me. I'm pretty upset about one of these stories. Are your stories quick? Are they gonna be like yeah. long? Uh they're yeah, they're pretty fast. Let me do one more of mine and then I'll save my other one for the end. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So my next story is the crazy this is this is an older story so you may be listening and being like wow that's old news but at the beginning or the middle of august um there was a Fortnite martin luther king event that was co-produced with time magazine and it was in creative mode and it allowed you to move around a area that was completely structured through creative which was pretty cool. And it educated you on civil rights movement stuff. And um, it had even actual footage of Martin Luther King in it. And it allowed you to go in with your friends and complete challenges, including quizzes. Like this feels oh, that's cool. super educational. Yeah. Um, you would have to go to different areas to quote, leave your light is what it called it. And when you learned something, you would go to another section, you could answer questions about it. It was like A, B, or C. And it was pretty easy stuff if you've ever been educated on this. But um, a lot of the players of Fortnite, I assume, have never heard of this stuff or ever had any interest in this. The fact that Yeah, they I don't tied, play Fortnite, so I didn't even know this was going on. This would have been an interesting yeah, it, story. It was like for three days, and I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I did think it was very smart. <laughs> That they um, they limited how many emotes you could do, so there was no way to do inappropriate emotes at Martin good, Luther good, King. good. It was all positive, encouraging uh, civil rights or um, pride stuff. It was all like protest um, emotes. So it was good stuff. Um, I thought they just handled it very well, and I thought it was really well done. It was a beautiful. Uh, creation and creative like it was stunning for creative that's just is crazy there was like the the washington memorials in it uh the lincoln memorial is in it which they added to creative which is really cool yeah Um, yeah and i just thought it was really well made i liked the building with the time magazine logo on it and stuff you felt like you were going to a real museum and i don't know for a person that is in a post-covid world even in Fortnite going into a recreated version of a museum is really cool. And I think that's 
really fun because I miss museums. And I maybe sound like a nerd right now, but no, I, it, I agree with you, just, dude. That, those kind of really places, cool. yeah. I, I miss honest, going to that kind of stuff. To be honest, the worst thing about museums, if you don't live like in the metropolitan areas, is the fact that you would have to drive hours to get to one, and then you would have to like <laughs> find a freaking parking where you'd have to pay some guy in a three foot long beard like five dollars to park in the worst part of town while you go into a museum and then have to like figure out if you want a year's membership or not. <laughs> so like all that stuff, which just sounds like first world problems right now, but all that stuff is like not on the playing field with like Fortnite. It is a free game that is accessible even on mobile phones. And you can walk through this like virtual museum type area. And I thought that was like super cool I thought it was super educational. I didn't think it was offensive at all. I thought it handled everything with a lot of dignity. And it is unbelievable the backlash they got on this event. Um, People were memeing it, saying that it felt cringe. And people were saying that it just like didn't belong in Fortnite. And Uh, I I don't know. So to me, I think... You always piss somebody off, dude. Right. I feel like all the negative attention for this event was from people who don't play Fortnite. Probably. And I think that people have to remember that it was not for them. It was for people that play Fortnite. Either people that would enjoy that type of me, type of walking simulation through an area that's like a museum, or Mm -hmm. for people that honestly do need to be educated on it because and that's the thing too is how can you how can you stomp on something that is only trying to educate to people who play games i mean this is this is something where you know yeah you think about it there's a lot of people out there that play games that may not pay attention to this kind of thing when they're talking about it at school they may not actually soak it up and this may be a way for them to actually get that information and retain it so it's nothing to hate on. That's the thing that I can't understand. You know, I, I mean, yeah. I don't know. There's uh, another you know, thing. Get off my soapbox before <laughs> I go too big on it. There's another thing where it's, I think we have put so much pressure on the fact that um, civil rights movement is not over and there's still a lot of struggle. No, it's far from equality. over. Far from but over, yeah. I think a lot of kids these days have been, that has been pushed into their minds so much that racism is still around and it still exists and we see it every day that i think a lot of kids may not realize like how bad shit used to be and this event talks about a lot of really big moments and yes turning moments right things that changed things man right and if they're (laughs) sleeping through history class and they're not paying attention to this they may not know that it's through education of the past and it's through learning from mistakes that people move forward. And if they're not paying attention in class and learning this stuff, they won't realize that we've made it a long way. You know, it's not over, but this is, I thought it was a really cool event and I thought it was really educational for kids. And as much as I I do say that Fortnite isn't 100% for kids, but I mean, you can't, I, I think the most annoying part was People were making jokes out of this event. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that they were just jumping on the bandwagon of everyone stomping on it, where they weren't actually stopping to have a real opinion about it. Because if they did stop to have a real opinion about it, they would realize that the number one thing they 
uh, stomp on about Fortnite as a game is that it's for kids. And then you can't say that and then turn around and act like an educational event in it is stupid. <laughs> what, because, it, what it 100? Go ahead. <laughs> that's like you saying that education is stupid for kids then. I don't understand yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and ha- in no way is any kind of information that these guys are trying to pass a bad thing. They're passing yeah. true, actual information. They're showing you footage. They're giving you actual knowledge, you know. And it, and for fun, like you said, they're quizzing your knowledge of the of the subject after the fact. So there's really nothing wrong with it. It's it's just the, the cancel culture. Everybody's got to be pissed thing going on today. That you know about something where you yeah. can't just you know face the facts. Bottom line is just like you said, we're educating somebody. And and here's the thing too. Um, with Fortnite, no one, these guys are marketing geniuses. They, everything they touch. And I've talked about it in so many stories throughout right. our podcasts over the last couple of years. Fortnite are the king of doing this. They are, it, no pun intended, they are the kings of doing this. And it's, it, what they did was a brilliant idea. I think they should keep doing it. And it would be cool to do that through, you know, also, like Hispanic heritage, you know, do something with uh, Cesar Chavez and the, you know, the labor unions and that kind of thing. You know, let's, there's all sorts of things you can do with this that I think would be a great way of educating people about different times and different periods of history with the United States and with, you know, maybe all over the world. You know, they don't have to get political about it, but just educate people about those different times. It's a, it's a great way to do it. And it's, it's something that, you know, I mean... Fortnite yeah. should just grab a hold of it and go with it because everything they touch turns to gold, man. So people just, it's a lot of haters and a lot of people that don't really see what's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wish that there were more unlockables in it, but I was surprised that there was one unlockable. If you stayed in the game mode for 20 minutes, you got like a free spray. And just that small incentive would have yeah. allowed people to not just jump into it and be like, man, this is lame, and then leave. You would jump into it and be like, well, I got to stay in here for 20 minutes, so I might as well explore the area. And then before yeah. you know it, you might learn something. <laughs> and, <laughs> and actually so get funny. involved. Yeah. yeah. And I kind of tend to think that a lot of the people who are making comments about it may not really even know about it. You know, it may be younger people that didn't pay attention to this, that that may not know the actual history of the civil rights movement during Martin Luther King's time. So this may be something that they don't really understand or don't know about. And they're just, like you said, following the little, you know, hate lemmings. <laughs> right. <laughs> hate lemmings. Yeah, I'm coining that. I'm making T-shirts. <laughs> okay, I'll let you take the next couple of stories before I end with my hate rant. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a couple of, uh, these are, I'll just do all my quick ones, actually. Uh, first one is, uh, which I thought was kind of cool, Steam. Uh, Valve's Steam store uh, turned 18 today, and uh, it's actually kind of cool. I actually went online, and I was looking at when I became a Steam member. Now, this the Steam, uh, the digital storefront, and they show this really cool picture uh, online of the old school stuff. Uh, somebody is downloading... Um, Opposing force and it's 180 megabytes. We're talking back in the day, September 12th, 2003, when they launched it, when it went public. <clears throat> and back then, they really didn't have a lot of games. And when I joined, 
back in, I want to say August of 2008, uh, when I joined Steam, they really didn't have a lot of games then either. Um, to be uh, what I was reading earlier is one of the first actual uh, uh, Steam games that was added to it was Half-Life 2. You, it required Steam to use it. And that was released in 2004. So they didn't actually have a, a game until a year later. But uh, they then they started, you know, back in 2005, started cutting deals with other people, third-party vendors, and they started getting more games onto it. And it's turned into what it is today. Um, now, when I was playing, it didn't have very many people, you know, considerably uh, with... Uh, you know, consoles and stuff like that. They had about 13, 14 million people that were on there user wise. As of today, they have over 120 million uh, active users every month. So it's definitely uh, done what they said they were going to do. Um, you know, they started just like everything else. You tried to get into a game and everything would crash on you. Uh, you couldn't log in. You know, it was all clunky looking, that kind of thing. And to look at where it was and where it's come now, I mean, it is kind of the uh, the standard for um, online, you know, video game purchases and as a hub. Uh, it's really a cool, you know, it's kind of, uh, I thought it was a neat little story that I ran through. And, uh, you know, I had to go look at my profile and see when I, when I had actually joined. But, yeah, it was back in 2008. It says I've got 13 years of service with, with these guys. So it's just... It's kind of cool, you know, that you've actually been playing games that long or you've downloaded hundreds of games that you've never actually played. And uh, because they were on sale for a dollar and you got nine of them. It's just crazy sales. We talk about uh, Steam yeah. sales all the time. So, yeah, just a little bit of nostalgia. Thought That's that crazy. some people might kind of dig. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, we were talking about the whole earlier... Um, in the year about the a Apple and Epic lawsuit. And uh, that basically has finally come to a conclusion. And uh, what it is, is both sides have lost. Um, uh, this was a couple of days ago. Uh, it was over with. And um, uh, you can say that they kind of won, but nobody really won anything. And technically, Epic is out money. Uh, basically, what it comes down to is um, the uh, judge uh, ruled for a permanent nationwide injunction that blocks Apple from keeping uh, iPhone users in the dark about alternate ways that they can pay. This allows developers to actually stick their own kind of purchase button into their own apps. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be, you know, one of the stories that I was reading uh, said it kind of, quote, heavily depends on how the courts define what a button is. <laughs> so we're going to run into that freaking nightmare. Um, now, basically, what they're saying is this is not a win for Epic. And there's two main reasons why. Um, the judge flat out said that when Epic put its own direct payment scheme into Fortnite's in, into Fortnite on the uh, iOS stuff, um, basically it was that was how they poked the bear and got the whole lawsuit rolling. That it was not okay, and that Epic breached its contract with Apple, which technically they did. And um, 
And then if uh, Epic now wanted to put in a PayPal button into Fortnite, it can't because Apple terminated Epic's developer account when they breached the contract. And now Apple is completely within its rights to keep Epic off the App Store for good, period, Uh, because they breached the contract. Legally, that's what they did. Um, They said that uh, at any time, Apple has the right to breach their to uh, uh, terminate any kind of business with them, and they have the right to keep them off of the store for the remainder of the life of Apple. So um, then also Epic has to uh, pay Apple 30% cut of the 12.2 million in revenue that they received because of the direct payment mechanism. So that's $3.6 million that Epic has to pay to Apple. Uh, yeah. So basically I would say Epic kind of got kicked in the nuts on this. Um, so they lost more money because if you think into it, their, their, uh, legal fees and the money they have to pay Apple, they're not going to get nothing back, nothing back. So, uh, yeah, it's absolutely insane. Um, they're no longer even allowed on the store. So, uh, It's just crazy, man. It's a crazy story. It's way more convoluted as far as numbers are concerned, etc. You know, Epic isn't coming out and saying that they won or uh, blah, blah, blah. And they had the hashtag free Fortnite and that was a complete failure. So they are appealing it. Um, They decided to go ahead and throw in an appeal. They're not even making statements. It's just basically what it is. Now, Apple, on the other hand, they're saying, we smoked them. We beat their ass, and that's just all there is to it. And in a way, it looks like Apple did beat their butt. So there's more to come. They're going to appeal it. We'll see what happens. But I don't see this really. I don't see them winning any kind of an appeal. Um, What I was reading about what the judge said, it made perfect sense. Um, You know, if you look at it in legal terms, you know, Epic violated the terms of service with Apple. Apple was in their rights to go ahead and gank them, and they were up. You know, they were legally entitled to thirty percent of that, according to the terms of service. So, it is what it is. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I think the bigger thing is, um, it's just so weird that it was Epic versus Apple, because if the court sided with Epic, it would be Epic versus every platform. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because yeah. Apple was doing exactly what Android does and Google does and Xbox does and PlayStation does. They all have their cut. They all have the same yep. percent. And the fact that Epic was acting like Apple was the only person in the whole scenario trying to have a monopoly was really like, I don't know. Stupid. It, was, it, it was really <laughs> stupid in the sense. Yeah, it's just really weird that they went after Apple. I guess it'd been would have been worse if they went after every major platform at the same time because then if yeah. they got Fortnite removed from everything that would be like a death notice um, I don't know it's just like I don't know they were the only company c- capable of doing it but immediately that's the first flaw you see in their argument exactly exactly yeah. uh, last thing that I'm going to talk about is uh, we were talking about earlier a couple weeks ago about hate raids that are going on and uh, these people that are attacking um, marginalized streamers on Twitch. And uh, basically, these bots go in and they either uh, 
start throwing out uh, racist, homophobic, sexist, all sorts of nasty crap that they're throwing into the chat. And some of it visual, some of them pictures. It's just disgusting. Some of the stuff is actually very graphic and um, it's just horrible. So basically what's happened is uh, uh, there was a, a thing called the day off of Twitch, uh, which was quite successful. Um, there was quite a few uh, uh, hours viewed that did not happen um, on Twitch. And so they felt it and they've went ahead and said that they're going to do something about this, that they are working on it. And people have said that they're waiting to see what happens. Well, uh, what's happened is they have sued so far. Um, this was uh, just a couple of days ago. Um, they have sued two uh, alleged hate raiders. And um, they've actually filed suit against these guys. Now, the suit states that um, there are two people, uh, Cruise Control and Creatine Overdose. And they allege that they were the two uh, main uh, people responsible for the uh, uh huge amount of rash hate rates that were going on. So their statement says that cruise control is responsible for nearly 3000 bot accounts associated with hate rates. Bots developed and deployed by cruise control have been linked to various hate rate events, including those targeting black and LGBTQIA plus streamers with racist, homophobic, sexist, and other harassing content. Cruise control has admitted to using bots to flood Twitch channels with harassing content. So they got an admission from this guy. They have also demonstrated how the bots work so others can use similar methods to accomplish hate rates. Now, the way uh, one thing I am going to say real quick is the way that they caught this guy uh, is, and both of these guys is they admitted this shit in chat verbally and writing it uh, in completely arrogant people. OK, um, now Twitch has also linked creatine overdose directly to hate raids. For example, on August 15th, 2021, defendant creatine overdose used their bot software to demonstrate how it could be used to spam <laughs> Twitch channels with racial slurs, graphic <laughs> descriptions of violence against minorities and claims that the hate raiders are with the KKK. That's just crazy, dude. I mean, that's crazy. Bots all the time, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah, creatine. Yeah. And so uh, there's actually tweets where um, there's, you know, uh, minority streamers that are taking screenshots and said, this guy is really casually talking in chats about doing this, you know, and adding Twitch, adding Twitch support saying, hey, man, what are you guys going to do? We have no clue what's going on. So they've so far, they've actually filed suits against these two guys. Um it doesn't identify these guys beyond their Twitch usernames. Both of these people do reside in Europe. However, the hate raids are still happening. Um, they're still going on, and that's because they have shown people how to do it. And, of course, these people are jumping on the bandwagon and wanting to ruin beautiful things and, you know, cause hate and discontent among the world. So... Uh, yeah, so they filed this stuff in, uh, uh, um, they just yesterday or the other day filed a, uh, complaint in U.S. federal court against individuals who were involved in recent chat-based attacks. And, uh, so they haven't really talked about who those guys are yet, but I'm waiting to hear about that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's still going on. Like I said, a day off of Twitch, it was a good step forward. It, you know. 
etc. But people are coming and saying, hey, okay, I applaud you for doing this. It's it, it's a good step forward. However, it doesn't address the larger issue about why it's still continuing, but it does send a message that, hey, we can find out who you are and we can deal with it. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's uh, There's a lot of people that are saying, okay, they're showing some accountability, etc. But it's kind of crazy that to think that these yeah. guys could set up these kind of attacks and and just God, man. I mean, even it just I don't know. It flabbergasts me that it's even going on for one. <laughs> okay. It just amazes me that yeah. it's going on because it's 2021 it's, for fuck's sake. It's like, what are you doing? I mean, it's old news to do this kind of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it it just doesn't make any sense to do this kind of stuff. But people are doing it because they want to see a reaction. They want to cause misery and they want you to knee jerk and get pissed off and upset so that they can see that happen. The best thing to do is look at them like they're nothing, man. Swat it like it's a bug and then brush it off your desk and move on and play your game. It's called a ban. Drop the fucking hammer and get rid of these people. Don't even show them the time of day. Just ban them and move on. Talk to your chat. Know what I'm saying? So, yeah. We can make the world a better place. Yeah. Um, I, I totally agree with you. I think that, I don't know. Sometimes I think Twitch is just out for the money. And I think no yeah. one will deny that, but um, they do need to get their shit in order. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, I think we, I think sometimes, you know, we give these people too much, um, we give them too much attention and that's that's why they keep doing it it's like if we just ignore them like they're nothing it's just an annoying gnat and just brush it off you know and and just ban them just keep banning ban 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 if we got to do it personally we do it personally you know but at least they're gone and we ain't got to worry about them but yeah i mean when it's a thousand bots and shit like that it's kind of hard to do but yeah they got to figure out something man use that raven software put that shit on twitch so you can you know, IP ban people, hardware ban people. <laughs> right. <laughs> that'd be, that'd okay. be awesome as fuck if Twitch could do that. But yeah. Um, anyway. I just ran across this right now while we were talking. Um, but I just saw that Neo is free on the Epic Game Store till the 16th. That is a quality free title. Um, this episode will post before the 16th. So um, yeah, if you're listening and you don't have the epic games installer yet get it because there's like a 50 40 game usually <laughs> for free if from ninja games or whatever they're called i forget the creator of neo and it's called what uh neo n-i-o-h um very popular playstation title um i remember because you're out. making it's me very good game. you're making me load my epic games um, launcher not played it go play it it's freaking awesome i can't believe that game is free that's crazy, insane. dude. Anyway, <laughs> the thing is, I think I already have it free on PlayStation, but still, if you missed out on the PS Plus games when it was there. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. Okay. Um, let me see. So here goes, here goes my rant. I, was, I haven't played Call of Duty Warzone in about three or four months, probably. It's been a while. 
And I loaded it up last week, and I saw something very disturbing in the uh, store. I saw I saw for sale skin packs that were from season three of the Battle Pass, and they were for basically two thousand COD points, which translates to about twenty dollars. And they had skins that you would normally have to earn in the Season 3 Battle Pass. And they came with weapons and uh, sprays and stuff from that Battle Pass. And it was it's what I call a Battle Pass sin. And this is something you don't do in Battle Passes, in my opinion. Yeah. Because it takes away the exclusivity of items in the Battle Pass. One of the whole And the reasons, rarity. Right. One of the whole reasons you buy a Battle Pass is to say that I have things that were released at a certain time. And not only that, <laughs> I have they won't ever be released again. Have. <laughs> yeah, and not only that, but you also know I put in the <laughs> effort to get it, or in some people's case, the cash to get it. Yes, um, yes. The one that was most offensive was, I forget what the name of her her operator is, but it was the season three operator skin for one of the female operators but i mean it's not because she's female Mara. i don't know I, don't, I guess that is it it was like level 96 i i'm pretty sure because i remember trying to get it and i was like am i gonna make it am i gonna make it if you know there's someone out there that knew that they didn't have enough time to play through that whole battle pass and they probably put down a lot of money to buy every level to get to 96 wherever she was at or maybe they got into the game about 25 days into the battle pass. And they were like, man, I wish I would have known about how good this battle pass is because I really like the stuff up in the 80s and 90s. And they buy a ton of tears. Um, $20 is pretty cheap to get that skin and a bunch of other stuff a year later. Um so even if you're like me and you just put in the effort, that's a lot of time. And my time is worth more than $20, I believe. And the other thing is I paid $10 for a battle pass to have exclusive content, which is no longer exclusive. And you're telling me now that you can get almost the entire battle pass for like 60 bucks when there was not only a $10 battle pass, but there was the 20 tier skip for like 20 extra dollars or... 15 extra dollars because it was like $25. Then yeah. if you're saying that 20 tiers is worth $15 in one bulk to like try to entice me, that doesn't matter because that's only a quarter of buying the three main skins a year later from that battle pass and like tons of other content from the battle pass. Like it is insane. And I know the argument is like, Oh, well how much did you want them to sell those skins for? $20 is already a lot. The thing is, I don't want them to sell them at all because the whole idea was that they were exclusive. And I know that Warzone is probably going to get some flack for this, but I was researching it a little bit and seeing that a lot of people were begging for them to do this because Apex Legends was apparently the first battle pass to do it. And once Apex did it, suddenly everyone is trying to pressure every other battle pass to sell items from previous battle passes. Well, I haven't hated Apex Legends up until this point, but if Apex Legends is going to destroy battle passes for everyone... <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a short lifespan for battle passes if you are if you know that 
here, here's the thing. If you say, okay, well, they're, they're not going to release everything in the Battle Pass of the future. I might as well get it to make sure that I get all these items because I am a completionist and I like to have every item that's available in all the Battle Passes. So I might as well get it because even if they make these skins for sale, I would have done it for a cheaper price and I'm making sure that I have everything. That's an okay argument because you're being like, I'm being frugal with my cash, even if it's not exclusive. I'm getting the items cheaper. Um, but if you're buying the $10 battle pass for like the one skin that you can tell that the team put the most effort into designing, I could pretty much guarantee that that one skin is going to be re-released if they had to choose any skin from that battle pass. They're not going to choose the skin that looks like a recoloring of a previous skin that is available year round. You know, they're going to choose the one that is like super unique that everybody wants and they know they can make money off of. And I don't know. It's just, it's beyond offensive to me. I am really disappointed in Call of Duty. I probably, I may not buy another Battle Pass now if they're doing that. Because, what's yeah, the yeah, point? yeah. Because to tell you the truth, the current Battle Pass had only one good skin in it, and it's at tier one. <laughs> and so I paid $10 for a skin. But I. I guess that's cheaper than waiting six months to pay $20 for it. I don't know. It's just like, what's the point? If if you if you see a battle pass and you see one good item that you want, don't buy the battle pass. And that's what a lot of people are going to think now. And I don't know if Call of Duty is willing to trade the fact that they're making a few bucks in the store over the fact that no one's going to want battle passes anymore. So I hope that next season they see reduction in battle passes so that they don't do this shit again. But yeah, to put it in comparison, I was going to say that that's a battle pass sin that even Fortnite hasn't done. Yep. And in my small research, I saw that actually Fortnite tried to do it about a month ago, and I didn't see this story. It was in the middle of August. They tried to re-release the first backpack, uh, backpack, uh, which is back bling is what they call it, but it was a pet. It was the first pet ever released in the game. It was reskinned with like a different um, bandana around the dog's neck and the eye color was different and that's about it and they called it a different name but nobody was fooled everyone knew that they were selling an exclusive battle pass item with slight reskinning for a thousand V-Bucks for basically 10 bucks and what was so funny was there were some people arguing that wow, that's the whole price of the whole battle pass. That's a lot of money. But to me, I still don't think that's a lot of money because that's taking away everything that was exclusive about it. Because now with Call of Duty, with those skins, it doesn't... Me owning and buying battle pass number three a year ago is worthless because everyone can have those skins now. There's no exclusivity to it. And apparently people just whining and whining about wanting old skins back in the game has convinced people that they need to put them back in the game. But that is so freaking dumb. And what happened was, is within the day, Epic Games removed that back bling, apologized on Twitter about doing it, saying that it was a bad move by them and they refunded everyone that had purchased it. So craziness. That was a crazy smart move, and I think that was really respectful. That was Fortnite saying that 
they tried to do what Apex got away with, and they realized that their fan base doesn't agree with that for the most part. Um, I, I don't know why Apex's fans were okay with it. I really don't. Maybe it's because their battle passes are such shit. <laughs> Every time yeah. I've ever played their battle passes, I feel like I'm not getting any progress on any of them. It feels like you have to 100% of your life play Apex to get anything in their battle passes. Um, but maybe that's why. Maybe people couldn't even finish their battle passes. Um, but let me think. What was the last thing I wanted to say about it? Okay, so someone did offer, I saw it on a Reddit post, someone uh, suggested the idea that maybe Fortnite, of course they were talking about Fortnite, not Call of Duty, but the idea that if they ever did want to re-release a skin that was become so rare that hardly anyone that still played the game had it, and it was like a classic skin that is still used in promotions and on toys and in animatics, like if they did re-release it, they were saying that they should give everyone that earned that skin already 2,000 V-Bucks, which is equivalent to like $20 almost. Well, it used to be. Now with the cheaper rates, it's not. Um, and I think that's interesting. But um, that could be a way of compensating for it. However, I just think it takes something away from the game by reintroducing skins that were exclusive back in the day. You know what I mean? That, yeah. that, you know, if you start playing now, it's something you can't get. Right. It, it should be There's that no way. reward for sticking with the game either. It's insulting. Yeah. So like something like apex apex has gone up and down in its player base. Um, of all games, apex should respect the fans that yes. stuck with the game when it wasn't popular. 100. But apparently they're yes. the first to abandon those. <laughs> um, the, the same goes for Fortnite. They should respect the people that stuck with the game when it was at its lowest and yes. give them their exclusivity. But apparently, uh, I mean, I can... I'm the least surprised by Activision doing it with Call of Duty because they tried to rebrand... Warzone, they're going to do it again with Vanguard. Once Vanguard comes out, they're going to act like Black Ops stuff doesn't matter. Because every time a yeah. new game comes out, they're going to rebrand Warzone to be that game. So it's going to be lame when Vanguard comes out. It's going Warzone's going to get really lame again. And I feel like it's just going to keep getting more lame until it's not relevant. Because here's the thing is Warzone released with Modern Warfare. I feel like this rant is going way off the rails, but... Warzone released with Modern Warfare, a very good game, a very quality Call of Duty title. A lot of people would argue it's the best one that they've had in like the decade. And if they are abandoning its core release side by side with Modern Warfare for every new title they come out, it's naturally going to cringe and have an essence of uh, weakness with uh, the current Call of Duty that has its shortcomings. Because, I mean, it's hard to compete with what Modern Warfare was. Um, but that's just because of Activision's business model. Um, that being said, I understand how they abandon things that were good. I can understand how they abandon things that should be like Battle Pass law. But the thing is, Apex Legends is the person to blame for this. Apex got away with it, apparently, and they didn't get much backlash. I was reading a lot of articles about how people were very happy that Apex Legends did that because there were really cool skins that were finally re available again. And you understand why articles 
were written from a positive point of view for Apex skins being re-released because the majority of people currently playing were not playing during the time that those skins are out. So the majority of readers of these quote articles would be happy about it. It's one of those things where you do what pleases the most people, even if it backstabs your core fan base. And apparently Apex is currently okay with that. And Call of Duty, I guess, is always okay with that. <laughs> but Fortnite, I could respect them. Once again, I, I feel like this whole freaking podcast is always me just talking about how much I love Fortnite. But I, I swear, I play other games. Anyway, um, <laughs> the thing is, it's, it's just super respectful that Fortnite understands when its fan base doesn't like something they do. Even though the, I know the only reason they did that reskin was because of people begging for them to bring back that pet. And I guess they didn't realize that the small reskinning that they did was not enough to make it a unique item, you know? So I, I don't know. There's a lot to be said about it. I didn't expect to talk this much about it because I didn't realize that there was so much more to the story. I thought that Call of Duty was the first person to do the sin. I remember seeing it in the store last week and just like my mind was blown. I was like, what the fuck are they doing? Like, this is ridiculous. Like, how are they releasing skins from a battle pass? This is like a huge no-no. But since I don't play Apex, I had no idea that this was already done like back in the spring. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm interested in hearing people's opinion about this. I think it's super controversial. Um, I think... Everyone should be on the side of the thing is if you want if you want extended new content in free to play games, you have to abide to the rules of the battle pass. You have to give a subscription amount so that the people that are making the game have a consistent paycheck to consistently add <laughs> content to those games. If you destroy the integrity of the battle pass system, it will just run the game into the shitter and i can't unless, like say that unless there's just more money in micros <laughs> i know, guess that could be what it is here's the thing is maybe activision has done the research maybe they know that most of the people that played in battle pass 3 are no longer playing warzone if that is true if there is a large enough percentage of players that do not play anymore and they realize that it's not going to hurt people's feelings as much as it's going to give an opportunity for more sales. Yeah. Then maybe that's why they made the choice. But the thing is those people that played in battle pass three, I feel like they're on my team in saying that what's the point of buying a battle pass anymore? Because if there's any item I like in there, I'm not going to waste my time working for it or paying for it. If I could just play, yeah. a, pay a flat fee later when it comes in, store yeah see also, i've never been a big fan of battle passes i could care less you know i just want to play the game i don't care what my guy looks like <laughs> i guess but <laughs> you know? i did just run into another point of view where if i choose to not buy battle passes anymore where the whole incentive is the battle pass skins so like in in call of duty Warzone, the battle pass skins are a certain quality they're not that great of skins usually there's usually like one good one and you can understand that because they're only $10 for the full season, okay? But if you flip over to the store view, there is such detailed 
skins and weapons and stuff for like $20, $25. And you're just like, none of this quality of stuff is in the battle pass. So there's, there is a clear divide in quality between what's available in the shop and what's in the battle pass. And the stuff in the battle pass is clearly a different quality because its main value is exclusivity. If I never buy a battle pass and I see the quality of skins that are in the battle pass showing up in the store, I'm never going to pick them. They're not worth $20. But the $20 skins they have in there that are exclusive to the store are usually pretty badass. There's currently a $20 weapon that looks like the Flying Dutchman, and it is so detailed, just like a full sail, and like it is the most intense-looking weapon I've ever seen in the Call of Duty store. It is ridiculous. I'm not paying $20 for a weapon skin, by the way. Um, but <laughs> if I was, I would buy that one. Anyway, what I'm saying is that the Battle Pass does not give you quality. It gives you exclusivity for cheap and something to push forward to in the sense of something to keep you coming back. What I'm saying is that them bringing these skins back, it, it takes away one of the main reasons you even buy a battle pass. So I don't understand the freaking point of it. I don't know. It's, it's kind of a rant. And I understand your point of view too. If you don't even like, if you're not even into battle passes and you're just in it for playing for the game and you're not into what your character looks like, fine. That's fine. And I understand that. But you're also not the target audience of their their uh, income. You get what I'm saying? I don't know. It's, it's, it's crazy because I feel like the Battle Pass has a set of rules. It's one of those things where it's like they've destroyed the integrity of the temple. <laughs> I don't know. It's just crazy to think about. It's just one of those things where I'm so used to the world. I'm so used to the world of Battle Passes that them stepping on one of the main like cornerstones of it is insane. But um, yeah, that's all I have on it. All right. Okay. Um, is that all we have for a show then? <laughs> yeah, I think that's all we got. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, thanks for tuning in for my rants. And um, I think we have some good stories and I think we both, um, you're about to play some really cool games. I've enjoyed the games I've been playing, but um Here's to the future. And I feel like Halloween is right around the corner, even though we're still in yep, September. Yep. So I'm excited about freaking Halloween games. Um, I know a lot of people like do Halloween sales and that is freaking awesome. I love Halloween sales. So maybe we can uh, play some horror games when October hits, you know? Hell yeah. That. That'd be, I know you play them all year long. You're way more into horror games than I am, but I like, I like mystery horror. So like, I'm into that. I'm into like yeah. games. I so still like, haven't played the evil with it too. So I'm looking forward to that. I I think I started playing it, but it was too hard. So like, I might just watch you play it. <laughs> it's, it's got a lot to it, man. I don't even know if I'm going to like it, but we'll see. Okay. Well, I think that was a good show. Uh, thanks for tuning yeah. in everyone. And um, I, I'm excited. I'm excited about games. I'm excited about like, I don't know. I'm just like uh, rejuvenated <laughs> in like gaming right now. I don't know. Hell yeah. But yeah. I mean, it's, it's probably because I haven't played a new game in so long. If you pay attention to the show, me finally playing new games is like, it's like, I don't know, like an energy drink or something. It's like it's more fuel, you know. But yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Thanks for tuning in. We'll check y'all next All week. Right. And uh, stay real, everybody.